Welcome to episode 235 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. My guest this week is Lucy Evely. You know, a while back, I had the producers of the Play Me podcast, Laura Mullen and Chris Tully, as guests. That's back in episode 113. Now, Play Me from CBC Podcast is proud to present a new series, The Show Must Go On, featuring exciting productions from some of Canada's top creators, including Hannah Moscovich, Drew Hayden-Taylor, David Yee, Chloe Hung, and Anna Chatterton. Each month, enjoy a new show from the comfort of your own home. The theaters have closed, but the show will go on. You can subscribe to Play Me wherever you get your podcasts. Now, if you've been listening to Stageworthy for a while, or, or maybe you're a first-time listener and you're listening through a link that you got on the website or through social media, did you know that you can subscribe so that you never miss an episode? You can do that by searching for Stageworthy on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and clicking on the handy subscribe button. And then every week, the new episode of Stageworthy will be delivered right to your device. And if you subscribe, let me know that you're a new subscriber. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod. And the website where you can find the archive of all 232 episodes is at StageworthyPodcast.com. As I mentioned, my guest this week is Lucy Evely. Lucy is the executive director of the Toronto Fringe and the president of the Canadian Association of Fringe Festivals. We had some technical problems getting started, which you'll hear us refer to, but once we got going, we had a great conversation. I'll, we'll recap a little bit about what we attempted yeah, to talk sure. about before, but but first, like, how are you doing? <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm very, very lucky in the grand scheme of things. I feel very grateful. You know, the fringe is still going. I still mm -hmm. have a team. Um, I have, you know, uh, I'm very, I'm in a great neighborhood with, you know, I'm doing okay. I think it's, you know, I was talking to Laura today, managing director, and we were saying about how it just comes in waves in terms of the fact that it's not happening this summer and there are little mm. things that happen where you just kind of go, oh, that's too bad, you know? Um, so on the whole, I feel like I'm, I'm really having a positive outlook on what's going to yeah. come out of this and what the opportunities are that are going to be presented to us because we're not doing a festival in the same way. But mm -hmm. certainly, certainly I've, I've been sad about yeah. it and, and frustrated and all of the emotions I think people are feeling right now yeah. dealing with this, yeah. There must be moments throughout this as as we get closer to when the fringe would have happened where it's like things that were in your calendar for getting the program information and, and organizing all of that stuff that must be like those are coming up and each one is will be like a reminder that fringe isn't happening. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to archive a lot of that stuff so it's mm. not so that's Such good. a sad reminder, but certainly in our in our shared calendar, there's things that yeah. are still coming up that are shared critical path of things that were you know set to happen exactly that. All of the artist forms that were going to go out and were mm. expected to come back in, and yeah, so it's certainly going to be a reminder. 
Yeah, I had I had a, a trip to to London uh, uh, planned, and after it had to be canceled, the airline still sent me a reminder to 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 check in for my flight. Oh no! <laughs> Just to, so I imagine that, like in your calendar, there's all these little mine, landmines. They're almost the same as like getting getting that kind of that kind exactly. of exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, we were talking pre- just previously before we ran into some technical difficulties about um, when the decision mm. was made to to cancel uh, the fringe uh, for this summer. Yes, I mean I think uh, you know we've been sort of having conversations as things were happening. We were you know meeting daily and to- and checking the news and seeing what the reports were. And I think you know when. I had been talking to Naomi from Luminato and and when that happened, I thought, well, we're next in line. And so we, and then when the city basically said that they weren't issuing permits after, or until June 30th, mm-hmm. Postscript Our Patio is a city permitted event. And, yeah. and, and so we sort of thought, well, okay, that's, that's not going to happen. And, and then we started to talk about what kind of quality of festival we could offer if we weren't going to, or if we were going to go small, you know, if if say suddenly they said, okay, you can all come out of your houses now on July first, what could we actually offer? And then it was like it's not going to be the same quality of festival. It's not fair to our artists. It's not fair to our audience. So, the best and right thing to do was to cancel and, and yeah. to look to twenty twenty one instead. Yeah, that I mean that's it. I think that it's not a. It wasn't a surprise to anybody. I think everybody's sort of like mm-hmm. watching fringes and sort of waiting for the call. I think especially yeah. after Edinburgh canceled, it yes. started to look like well, they think they're all they may all fall at least anything before mm-hmm. September. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's really difficult to to imagine a summer without fringe or without any of the things that sort of make Toronto wonderful. Um, but also that in because of this and here we are we're still all in our houses but we don't have the opportunity as a theater community to come together at, at postscript or or to meet yeah. in the line and things like that but again there's nothing that- no exactly and and you know we're looking to what we're going to do in that time instead so that we can you know still have a community presence mm-hmm. and connect with people but i think you know as i was saying before i feel like the psychological impact of this is going to be is going to last much longer than even when they say okay it's it's safe to go outside I think you know we're going to be so used to distancing ourselves from one another that it'll be interesting to see how theatre comes back from this I think it'll take a little bit of time I don't think that we can go from one day social distancing to the next day being comfortable in a theatre with 100 150 500 people exactly yeah exactly it's going to take some time yeah yeah, I think that I think that that's that's and they say that it's not going to be lifted all at once and it's going to be mm-hmm. a slow thing. So things like restaurants and movie theaters and theaters may take a little bit of time. And also it'll take the artists time to ramp up again. So, exactly. you know, nothing can come back overnight. No. No, um, exactly. Yeah. In terms of, you're also the 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 president of the of the Canadian Association Association of Fringe Festivals, and so I was wondering what kind of conversations have you been having with the the other fringes? Have you been giving advice? Have you been just offering a shoulder? What kind of conversations are happening there as we, as this goes on longer? Yeah, we've been share. I mean, we meet once a week. The CAF. Um, anybody who's in CAF, any member festival can 
join a conversation uh, once a week that I'm, you know, facilitating. And we really are supporting one another through this. It's been actually amazing. We don't often connect with one another like this. You know, we have a conference once a year and we talk to various people throughout the year. But to connect like this in one group has actually been kind of beautiful because... There is so much commonality, obviously, and and the people that, you know, in terms of Toronto French, the people that cancelled before us were able to sort of, you know, talk to us about their process. And we were able to pass that on to the people that cancelled after us. And, and, you know, we also wanted to have some uniformity about cancelling and trying to do things in a certain order and, mm. and what we were offering our artists. Obviously, every festival is different and we don't mandate what people are supposed to do, but certainly discussing what best practices were or what worked for one festival and then another festival would say, oh yeah, I like that idea. And mm -hmm. and mostly it's been the support because, you know, running a fringe festival is a very unique thing. And, you know, to be on a Zoom call with 30 other people who are also running fringe festivals across Canada and the States has been an incredible support to me and I think mm. to others. And, and hopefully I have offered that support back to them. So yeah it's been it that's been i mean it's it's really sad when it's like yeah we've cancelled yeah we've cancelled but it's also the strength in the in the community that we've built there is pretty special mm -hmm. having the ability like having these regular conversations um are there things that you've you've learned even just outside of like this whole social distancing situation things that you've learned about the other fringes um or even that this is something like do you feel that there would be a benefit in continuing to meet like yeah i mean i think that you know that this is a benefit that time has afforded us right like usually there is no time to do these things because we're all so busy running our mm. festivals you know the circuit starts well with frigid in february but uh the, the big tour usually starts with um orlando in may and so mm -hmm. people don't have the time usually to meet once a week so i would say that's been I, I think it would be encouraging to be able to offer this support throughout the year i mean we do we have committees in CAF and, mm -hmm. and the exec meets once a week so there is that constant connection um but certainly, yeah, finding out, you know, not everybody always can come to the conference or so meeting people mm. that you don't always get to see or other team members. There's a couple of new people that have joined their fringes right at this moment. So that's kind of strange for them to be navigating this time. But, mm. um, yeah, I think we have a pretty strong uh, community there. And, and so that's been really special. I think the communication has been, you know, those kinds of check-ins. We do the same at Toronto Fringe. We have a daily check-in, the management team. And it makes a huge difference, you know, it just kind of mm. grounds you for the day. Well, without that, it would be kind of a lonely existence in this fringe world, not to connect with the team or with the other, other fringes in some way. Yeah. And I think for a lot of the fringes, there are some, you know, relatively small fringes and it really is a one person team or a two person team or they're volunteer led or something. So I think particularly for those smaller festivals offering this kind of community and support has been invaluable mm. because yeah it is it is lonely it's it's lonely even when there's lots of you doing it you know because yeah the, the pressure is on to kind of make these decisions for your artists and that's always the focus right is wanting to do right by them so yeah having strength in in turning to someone else that's also going through something similar has been mm. very useful I think I mean talking about about how busy it is, and and you know the Toronto Fringe team is a, is a relatively large team as 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 some of the fringes go, and I mean mm -hmm. I know um, say for example the Fundy Fringe is is 
for most of the year one person and as 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 it gets closer then a lot of volunteers so you know that's mm -hmm. sort of like like one thing and then when the toronto fringe gets gets ramped up and you're all you're all so busy is there even is there a time like when the fringe is happening for you guys to have a check-in each day or is it just like so mad that that you're all off doing your own thing and maybe running I, I would say that we've got better at that. Like, certainly that's something that we try and do. It's tricky mm. because people are working different hours. We try, most most departments have two people, so they trade off. So you're not always mm -hmm. on with the whole team. We try and have some kind of check-in or, you know, we do like our dailies for, the, you know, so they, they get posted so everybody knows who's in the office when. And we do, you know, I think since the since we started using Slack, that's been a real lifesaver in terms mm. of the communicating that way so even if you don't see each other face to face you can have kind of team announcements and stuff like that so we definitely utilize that a lot but mm. certainly you know it, it's it there's no denying it's busy I think we've got better you know my my goal is to really try and move away from this idea that we, at Fringe you kind of I'm talking about from the team's point of view that you sort of work all the time and you burn yourself out and then by day eight you're like in a puddle I'm not interested in that you know I think it's trying to trying to run a fringe as healthily and as safely as possible is actually um, a challenge and it's and it but it's an important one to to try and achieve so that's what we're trying to focus on is like the the, the well-being of the team you know so they yeah. don't get burnt out because it is stressful you know you're dealing with a lot sure and there's a lot of heightened emotions everybody people who are putting oh, yeah. on their shows they're they're yeah. heightened and they're frustrated and they're all, they're going through all of these things and and sometimes the fringe staff, must take the brunt of that oh yeah for sure yeah yeah but i mean it, it, uh, when like because i you're talking about like there being new new processes to try to keep people from burning out was burnout uh for in in earlier days of the fringe a real problem with well i think it's just about the quality of the festival and i think i think fringes in general and and in some ways theater in general there's this concept of like you know, you work 24-7 and, and you, you kind of throw everything into it. And, you know, I did that in, mm. when I was in Edinburgh. I mean, Edinburgh is insane, like, the amount of hours you work and late nights. And uh, and I, I, for me, I was like, and, and I think people sort of wore it as a badge of honour of, like, yeah, I've had three hours sleep and I'm still here and I'm mm. committed. And, and I understand where that comes from and I, and I get it to a certain degree. But I also think that, you're not necessarily doing your best work on day seven of three hours of sleep, right? So sure. I think people survive it. And then it's like, I always kind of say, it's like giving birth where like you go through <laughs> it and it's like terrible. And then you go like, I'm going to do that again, you know, because you forget immediately. Mm -hmm, and, because mm -hmm. it, and because there's so many highs during the fringe, right? Like it's oh, so sure. fun. And it's, you know, you there is a camaraderie of everybody in it together. But I think we're just getting better at being a bit healthier about it. Mm. And people still want to be part of that too and come back. So we're very lucky at Toronto Fringe. We see quite a, a good retention in our staff and volunteers Yeah, um, be because it's it's such a fun and, and beautiful place to work. Yeah. Um, no, I know you've, you sort of mentioned that there are things that you, that there, you, you want to have something uh, for uh, that's, that's fringe related as, as the year goes on. Um, I mean, of course, you're not, you're not, nobody's going to hold you to anything that you say here because <laughs> it's early days. Um, are there, are there wild dreams that you have of things that might be possible? Are there, are there ideas that you're just sort of batting around? What kind of things are you thinking of?
It's funny you should ask, actually, because this morning um, during our team meeting, we had started this conversation and uh, I got very excited about the possibilities, actually, and, and felt very mm. positive and hopeful. Um, so tomorrow, actually, we have um, uh, we're, we're bringing the artists together that um, are essentially the Fringe 2020 cohort. So anybody mm -hmm. that was going to be in Fringe, we're sort of keeping together and we're going to talk to them tomorrow and talk about, yeah, what we want to do. I think the idea at the moment, um, without going into too much detail, is to definitely hold those dates, the 1st to the 12th of July, and be able to offer something in the way of programming and the way in in a sense of a, a virtual sort of patio experience. Hmm. Um, it's not going to be 140 plays online that you can watch. It's going to be <laughs> a different response. Because also, those artists, most of them are deferring to 2021, so we don't want... Sure you know, them to give away their show right now um, so that we're going to talk to them about what that alternative will look like. But we came up with a bunch of fun ideas today. So we're going to see, you know, we're going to throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks. But I think we're in an exciting sort of development time and just figuring out what's possible. You know, certainly we have to think mm. about uh, revenues and expenses right now with all of the yeah. effects that COVID has had on us. Of course. Um, in terms of like, like, it would be hard to get a, 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 a fringe performer to try to put on their show virtually because they don't have a stage in their home. The, exactly. the quality of the performance would be very different. Yeah. Um, but also um, I was, I was sort of looking at the, at the fringe website because one of the things that's always sort of fun about the fringe is um, there's, there's merch, there's this sort of thing. Um, but I noticed that I couldn't buy fringe merch on the Toronto fringe website. Is that something? Cause I've been trying to make it a policy lately of like, if there's a company or an, or an arts organization that has merch, I'll buy some. Mm. Um, and I think that, I think that, that like, like people would, people would do that because mm. we can't tip the fringe in the same way that we could. Um, so maybe, if if we could buy you know a hat or a shirt or something that that maybe some of that might might help. Yeah. I don't even know what the logistics. It's just about somebody being in the office at some point to do that yeah. stuff because that's where everything or in storage or whatever. Oh, of course, that's a, yes. But that's a great idea. I mean, I think yeah. Usually we just sell the merch during our festival time, and uh, we have sold it online. Like, but again, when people are buying tickets, they can add yes. on, you know, a toque or whatever. So. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's a good idea to make that a bit more of a forefront if people did want to buy something right now that we could figure out what that would look like. Yeah. Certainly some of our smaller items are easy to ship. So. Oh, sure. Know, like, a, like pins. yeah. We have beautiful yeah. enamel pins. And, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it is, you know, and, and, and when we do something in July, there will be like ways of, of, of some kind of revenue for the artists, obviously, mm -hmm. as a priority and, and some sort of opportunity to tip the fringe. I think. The big thing is recognizing that some of our artists for this cohort, you know, this may have been their first kind of foray into producing theater. So to expect them to do anything like produce a show in their living room seems ridiculous. And, and yeah. also recognizing, well, as we had earlier, internet issues, or people don't have internet or yes. have access to a webcam. And, mm -hmm. and so we're really conscious of trying to create something that's fair and equitable for everybody that's involved this year. Yeah. It, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of questions and i really i feel you know I, you mentioned like fringe festivals that just joined the the canadian association of french festivals what a year to be in that position to to be trying to ramp up for your first fringe in all of this yeah, yeah. 
I know. And and the only good thing I think that's come out of that is that they have got a chance to see this community of people that are there to support them. And, mm. you know, um, I think that will... A, in some places the festivals exist, but there's new staff members. And in other places, like in Peterborough, was going to be the first Indigenous festival. Mm. And Lee, who's just joined us, is you know has been on every meeting, and 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 it's been great to be able to meet them and and have them meet us, and that's been wonderful. But certainly, you know, probably not exactly what was planned. But mm-hmm. at least at least there is this community that's building, and and so that there's there's some positives to come out of that because otherwise sometimes you can feel a bit like you're in it on your own in your own sure. city you know yeah um now before uh decisions were were made by a number of the festivals uh to 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 end um there was some conversation among a lot of the a number of the touring artists about what they wanted and i uh there was a letter that was written and signed mm-hmm. and sent to uh the canadian association of french festivals and um you know i think I think a lot. I don't know that everybody agreed with everything that was in those in those those requests, but I think everybody. I think there was a desire among everybody to just get some kind of statement from the fringe. Did you did you see that letter and did you did you have a reaction to it? Yeah, I saw it. I wrote a response. I wrote back to them. Um, I yeah, we of course we saw it, uh, and it was mm-hmm. discussed amongst CAF and mm-hmm. and as the president, obviously, I was responsible for penning and uh, a response and, and mm. shared that with the CAF um, group before I returned it to the artist or it came through the sort of artist relations so that got sent mm-hmm. back to them I never heard a follow-up to my response but I mm. mean there was there was nothing in there that we weren't already considering you know sure. I think the only thing that you know I mean I I, I believe that artists uh, you know independent artists are you know in, incredibly vulnerable touring artists as well as local artists like I think it's a it's a horrible time for everybody and for us it was really about just kind of communicating the fact that CAF is um, a festival that supports is an organization that supports our festivals mm-hmm. you know our primary focus is to support the festivals themselves and then the festivals are responsible for supporting their artists mm-hmm. so obviously there's blurred lines there and there's been a lot more communication directly with CAF which is, you know, interesting, and 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 that's why we've kind of developed this artist relationships committee, so that there is a more direct route for artists, especially the touring artists, because they are usually the ones that want to talk to CAF directly. Mm-hmm. But you know, there was, I mean, I think the thing for us is it's around education and going. Not all, for, we're not all going to come up with the same response. Not all festivals are going to be able to do the same thing. All the festivals, yes, we all have a certain mandate that we follow, but they're all unique in their different ways of how they process things and fees and all of that kind of stuff. And CAF isn't interested in getting involved in the particulars of that. We're there to support and to encourage. And if they weren't hearing, if the touring artists were having an issue with not hearing back, mm. if any artist is having an issue with not hearing back from a festival or not understanding, then they can write and let us know. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's the, 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 the main thing is that we're all, in it together right and we are all the fringe festivals exist to support these artists and CAF is really an umbrella organization to unite those festivals and to give those festivals a chance to come together and talk about that and that each fest each festival is responsible for dealing with their artists local touring whatever Mm. um so 
yeah, I mean, I understand. I understand the insecurities and the and the fear that people were feeling, and you know, uh, we're always open to receiving any kind of feedback or any questions. And you know, we we turned around a response pretty quickly, considering mm-hmm. the what we were all going through. But yeah, and and I hadn't I haven't heard a follow up, so I'm assuming everybody is sort of satisfied with that answer. I'm sure. I, I I'm sure that if they weren't, you would hear something. Yeah, probably. And you know, and again, it's like it's about different festivals responding to different um artists as well but yeah we understand that you know the touring artists have a very unique kind of um take on the fringe and a very unique relationship and investment and um so i i i I understand where that's coming from where that need of like clarification from everybody is Mm. is and is is required but it's just not always possible when you're dealing with 33 different festivals across the states and canada you know yeah, I think it's also it, it's an important distinction to to think about that difference that uh, that that maybe um, isn't always at the fore is at the top of mind. We think maybe of CAF as the boss, um, mm-hmm. whereas it's not. You mentioned it as an umbrella, and it's it's like connecting the fringes, and the fringes have to talk to are, are dealing with the artists on their basis, with their bylaws and their 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 decisions. So yeah. Um, I think it's really simple and easy for some people and a lot of us to sort of think, oh, CAF is like at the top, but no, CAF is just sort of like the glue that's holding these things and, and facilitating communication. Yeah, in in many ways, we're more like an umbrella that's upside down, you know, and all the festivals are sort of in in us. And because everybody at that table, like CAF, is running mm-hmm. a festival. Like I, I might be the president, but I also run the Toronto Fringe. So we all come together we all all of everything we do with regards to calf is you know part in some cases it's completely voluntary you know so mm-hmm. um yeah there is no i'm i'm certainly not the boss of fringe festivals i i'm i'm responsible for facilitating mm-hmm. what happens in that room at the agm and and being the the point person but everybody's voice is just as important and 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 i think there is an education piece in terms of that of like what CAF is there to do, which, mm-hmm. is to, which is to support the festivals, who in turn really are prioritizing the artists. And the, like I said at the beginning, there's there's crossover with that. And I think mm. it's, it's also just a reminder that like the CAF business, is, it plays alongside all of our festival business, which is always going to be our priority, right? Because that's what we do 24-7. So yeah. on top of that is, is, the, is the CAF-related stuff, which is important as well, but it's, it's you know, it's different. In terms of like your workload, because the Toronto Fringe is obviously the thing that takes up um, most of your time. And when Toronto Fringe ends, you're into preparations for uh, uh, um, next stage. And so it's like this cycle that doesn't quite stop for you. Um, Mm -hmm. How much of your time does 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 the does calf take up in in all of that? Or is it is it like a minor bit or is no, (laughs) no, it's not. I mean, no, it depends. This past year was very, very busy with mm. CAF-related stuff, and I think it's because CAF is does have more of a presence than it used to have, and so people are reaching out and asking questions and, and knowing that they can get a response and, and having conversations. So it's been great, It's been a, but it definitely has been a lot of work in terms of 
you know, especially the CAF executive, you know, we do, we do, we deal with a lot of stuff and any kind of complaint or feedback comes through us at this point or has mm. through this point. So yeah, on my regular work week, I can definitely stack up hours. You know, we write grants. Well, we have one staff member who works with us within CAF and everybody else is, um, you know, working on a, from, from a festival point of view, but we write grants and, and, you know, to try and get funding for, for certain mm. initiatives and, and for our conference that we meet once a year, and that takes some planning and with whichever um, festival is hosting it. So, yeah, it can be it can add quite a lot of um, extra time, which I I don't mind. Obviously, I I you know I chose to to run for this position and was elected, mm-hmm. and and I'm very grateful and very um, honoured that there's that kind of trust in me. Um, and it's been an incredible journey actually being part of this organisation, but. Um, yeah, it's work. It's definitely, it's definitely, you know, when my time is, comes to step down and someone else takes over, I will make sure that they know that there definitely is a time commitment to this mm. um, that is important. And, and it plays into what I do at Toronto Fringe as well. You know, having that access to the CAF exec is, is really crucial, I think, to mm-hmm. decisions that I make within the Toronto Fringe. Yeah. Difficult question about uh, Toronto Fringe, and, and I mean, I don't, I'm not looking for specifics here, but um, what is the impact uh, on Fringe for not having a festival this year? Just because I want people to know, like, what does that mean for the festival? Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, we are losing out on revenues. Um, we were in a position, fortunately, that we hadn't spent too much in terms of what we would normally spend for expenses for the festivals, our venues and um, costs related to staffing and patio and things like that. Um, but certainly the core operations of the fringe is um, somewhat at risk, depending mm. on what happens with certain funding things that I don't know yet that, you know, certain applications that I have to make to things to to bring some of that revenue um, back up to what we would like to get. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly it's it's going to be we, we've got a lot of work to do to be able to um make that up and also to make sure that we're strong for the future years because obviously deferring everybody to next year has an impact a financial impact on our 2021 fiscal so oh, sure yeah you know i mean we're we're waiting to hear about some grants and and things like that and and you know we we are hopeful but that it's definitely going to have an effect, yes. Um, and it will be, and also because I think fundraising is at risk for everybody, right? Everybody is looking to raise funds and Toronto mm-hmm. Fringe is obviously, I think, well positioned to to be asking for donations because we do serve some of the most vulnerable artists, I think. But everybody is going to be, people that normally donate may now be struggling financially themselves. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. And... And, and everybody's going to be asking and, you know, what makes one cause better than another, right? I think for us, it's about reaching out to our donors and asking those that can to still donate and, mm-hmm. you know, those that can't to maybe go smaller than they would or, or you know, try and find another way to support us spreading the word or something. But certainly there is obviously a financial implication to not running the festival this year. Yeah. 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 In terms of the the 2020 cohort and and their deferring uh, to to next year, is there have they all had to make that decision now, or are they are they able to make that decision as as the year goes on? Because some of them may not be in a position to yeah. know what their financials are going to be like next year. 
Yeah. Well, we've been, Laura's done an amazing um, job in terms of working with the artists and creating mm. a sort of exit form, as it were, from what was officially the 2020 Fringe Festival. And so mm. we've offered all of our artists a refund um, and right of first refusal to the 2021 um, so the, up to a certain point, if you were in the festival, basically at the point that we got cancelled, then you could either ask to have your money back right now, so you have it, and, and mm. still be in for next year, or we can keep hold of your fee so you don't have to think about it again next year and mm. keep your place. And if right. you decide in December, I think probably there'll be a cutoff point before what would normally be the lottery, yeah. say, if you now don't want your spot to give it up, and and, um, and that will be a different conversation. but. You know, so so we've been very, I think, transparent about what we're trying to do to make sure that those that need that money back can get that money back um, fairly easily. I mean, obviously, it takes some time to process that, but that's happening mm -hmm. as we speak, and yeah, um, and people still have access to do the festival. But it's obviously going to affect our lottery numbers if we're going to have way less slots available. Not everybody yes. can apply, and so those things we have to think about how we make up that kind of revenue. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, in all of this, as as we all sort of struggle through our days and 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 um, sort of sometimes feel a little buried by the the general anxiety in the world, mm. where everybody looks to um, little things and finds little things to to give them joy, things that give them life throughout the day. What are the things that are giving you joy and life? Um, um my daughter, she's five, mm -hmm. and so. Um, my partner and I are obviously homeschooling her um, to some degree of ability. Who knows what she'll learn? Mm. Um, but uh, we're lucky in some ways that she's five and we don't, I don't have to try and teach her some kind of complicated maths. But um, <laughs> she's, that's to me is like my bright spot. I wish I mm. could. I think she's finding it a bit difficult because A, she's an only child. So she's mm. kind of probably bored of her parents by now. Mm. And also... I'm right here working all the time. My day is still very full. And I think she's a bit like, you have another meeting? You have another meeting? And so mm. I want to be able to, I'm, I'm over the next few weeks, my goal is to try and split my day up a little bit easier so I can spend more time with her. But, you know, it, it, honestly, it's pretty, pretty, pretty great to like, you know, come off a call or have a, have a tough time or whatever and then turn around and just do some coloring or, you know, make a calming jar or cook, make mm. some cookies or whatever. So having her here at home is a, is a real blessing and, and she's definitely helping me keep my sanity. Um, mm. and, and the team at Fringe has been incredible. It, they're so versatile and, and willing to kind of work with what we have and stay positive and that's incredible. And we're doing a bunch of like social things within the team as well, which has been really important for mm. morale. And so, yeah, I'm finding those things to be really helpful and, and you know, just staying connected with friends and trying to do at least one kind of social Zoom or FaceTime or, you know, texting friends that keep you sane. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty great. Mm. You know, and my partner's a stand-up comedian, so that keeps things pretty funny. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, Lucy, thank you so much. And, and thanks for your patience with the technical difficulties. And, <laughs> and, and, and thank you for, for, for being your candor and for, for everything that you, that you do both at the Toronto Fringe and, and at CAF. Oh, well, thank you, Phil. Likewise, for everything you do and your support for the, the arts community. It's incredible, you know. I think well, thank uh, you. we're really recognizing how lucky we are um, in Toronto and in Canada with, the, with this um, 
with the community that we have and and I appreciate what you do to to highlight that so thank you thank you This has been a Homebody Productions production.